yeah! At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Okay, we are recording. Um, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the Takedown. As always, brought to you by foamsoap.com. Use the code Takedown at checkout. Also brought to you by quicksesh.io. If you've downloaded too much porn or uh, you know been scouring the dark web and you've messed your computer up, go to quicksesh.io and get that shit fixed. Uh, today's guest is the lovely BJJ Mamacita. What is up, Mila Harris? Hello. 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 <laughs> this is by far one of my favorite accents that I've ever got on the podcast. Oh, thank you. It's home growing. <laughs> it's organic. It's it just organic. happened on its own. <laughs> How are you? For anyone listening right now that isn't aware um, that Australia is in a different time zone, what time is it there right now? Uh, it is just past 2 p.m. on a saturday i guess what you guys are a friday right now but yeah saturday afternoon that's so like it's so weird but it's so cool at the same time oh it's the best i love hearing people like whinge about the fact that they just woke up and like dude it's 4 p.m like get your shit together that's so cool it's 10 uh 10 p.m for anyone curious that didn't actually just google the uh, time difference there <laughs> um you are by far my favorite mma twitter personality oh thank you Booger Beard's my favorite. Booger Beard. Oh my god! Just because I, it's a lot of yelling. I lo- like. I love the yelling. Oh yeah, I'm a yeller too. So when other people yell back at me, and so yeah, I, I I get it. The passion's there, and he's just funny. Yeah, I like I like how he he's doing like all the charity, uh, like the donations and stuff. Yeah, like Dustin Poirier's. Um, yeah. the, the good fight. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, he's a super cool guy. Are you excited for the card this weekend or tomorrow? I, I'm excited for literally every single card that comes out. So That's I was super excited for Bellator yesterday. And I, I realized that not many other people were bringing the same energy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it, it kind of like it slipped under the rug, yeah? I know. People say, you know, they don't promote their fights well. I'm like, dude. Do you remember back in the day, you know, when you were a kid and you wanted to know what sports were on, your parents wanted to know what sports were on, so they had to buy a TV guide. Yes. And like look up the sports section and find out the time. And if they had the means to record it, they would. And if they didn't, you'd have to, I don't know, like write it in your diary and remember to watch that shit. <laughs> and people were complaining, it's not promoted enough. I'm like, bro, look it up. It's, it's really not and I've so I do a, a secondary podcast it's a full MMA podcast called Baseline MMA and we talk about Bellator pretty often and about how like they're doing a lot of really good fights but they just are doing a shit job marketing to the point where like 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 they're the number two in MMA but they don't act like it at all you know what I mean yeah yeah they're kind of like you know when you go to I don't know what the I know you guys have Walmart and stuff there we don't Hell have that yeah. here but I, I hear it's fantastic <laughs> you, you don't have walmart no no we do um have costco there's a few in australia they're pretty fun um but i i, I guess the equivalent for us would be something like kmart you guys still have kmart oh you don't <laughs> you've moved on 
Let me tell you, one of the first times I ever got high was in a Kmart. No shit. Oh, dude, the best times of my life are in a Kmart. Really? I love going to Kmart. Kmart is, oh, just don't even get me started. Kmart, and if you're in Australia, and if you're Australian, you know what I'm about to say is Bunnings. It's a hardware store. I don't know what your equivalent would be. But the Bunnings hardware store? At, at Bunnings. It's like a gigantic hardware store. And when I say gigantic, I mean as big as Costco. It's huge. I and there I, are heaps of them. I think ours is Home Depot. Do you have that? Yeah, like Home Depot. Exactly like Home Depot, but way better. I find that very hard to believe. I can go in Home Depot and spend my entire day. No, because you know what's at Bunnings? Bunnings sausages. So they have a sausage sizzle at the front. There's always a charity or, you know, some school trying to raise money to go to a camp or a church trying to raise money to build a new roof or some shit. And so there's always different people cooking sausages out the front of Bunnings and you buy a Bunnings sausage. It's, it's an Australian pastime. Okay, so let me tell you, you're like you're blowing my mind right now because our Home Depot in like my hometown has a little woman set up in front of it selling hot dogs and sausages. No. And, and her little cart is called Frank Ian Weenie. And it's is like ha- it's like Halloween. No, it's like Halloween themed. You know, like the oh Tim like the Tim Burton God. movie. No, but I'm just appreciating the fact that she's telling them. <laughs> He's <laughs> jamming it out like American style, yo. Man. Okay, but bunning sausages, it's a it's an Australian thing. You have to go get a bunning sausage. And the thing is, those grills, the same people like different people come along and use the grills over and over and over and over and over again. Is it not kind of sketchy though? That's what makes it so good. <laughs> that's what makes that's why bunning sausages taste different, man. There's something about them. There's something about them. And in New Zealand. If you're in New Zealand, the equivalent is the warehouse. And that's like a kind of like a giant Kmart too. And they have sausages there. Same thing. Like the same grill for the five years. And the sausages just get better every year. So so Australia is like essentially the Florida of the world, right? And like I live in Florida. So I like to think me and you are a lot alike. So like I, I love has your life been fucked up this year too? Oh yeah, it's been it's been have you, okay. have you we're we're having an election right here. Have you have you been keeping up with that? I mean, even if I didn't want to hear about the US election, I'm pretty sure at some point it would get shoved in your throat. I think I might move to Australia pretty soon. I mean, like you can avoid it here, but it, I mean everyone knows about the US election. It's just over here we're just kind of it's just sort of funny. It's it's, uh, it's it's not as serious as it is for you guys, obviously. We just watch from afar and just like, Jesus, look at these bitches go. Look at them. Look at them. They're trying their yeah. best and still not look, good enough. Yeah, everyone's just giving it their all, but they're just sort of like directing it at, at each other. It's so it's so weird. Like this year in America is just so awkward. Like I'm literally ready to just dip out to like Australia, Brazil, or just get the fuck out of here. You should do it. Gosh, have you have you ever not been- not to be unpatriotic? I know I know Americans are super like patriotic, and I mean I left New Zealand, so I'm obviously not that patriotic. I'm but- like I'm like the most patriotic person I know, and I'm talking about leaving here. So like that's when you know some shit's going down, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean it's pretty scary. I can, I mean from afar, obviously it's not a threat to you know Australians immediately right now on your doorstep. So it's kind of just a just like watching a ship 
shit show unfurl very very slowly have you ever um, left have you ever left australia i didn't mean to cut you off yeah yeah like I, i've or in terms of living you mean no 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 just uh like have you ever traveled outside the country yeah yeah so i've done um a lot of japan is like my go-to place as soon as travel bans are lifted i'm going straight to japan and then i'll go to New Zealand to visit family, but I'll go to Japan first. What's the uh, what's the flight like to from Australia to Japan? Uh, depends on where you depart from, but um, I guess it can be anywhere between like six and nine hour flight. So terrible for us. It's like a really long flight. That's why I was curious. Yeah, because when you go there, you don't see a lot of Americans. When I went, the times I have been, you don't see many. It's mostly Australians and a lot of Chinese as well. So there's a lot of big Chinese uh, groups of giant groups of Chinese tourists in every major city here. Do you like Chinese food? I love every Asian thing ever created pretty much. Really? I'm obsessed. Do you watch anime? I do. I, I read more anime when I was growing up a little bit. I was really into Death Note oh shit Um, me too yeah i was really really into death note like yeah i thought it was sick and then um i had a an anime that i used to watch religiously over and over and over again it's kind of one of those ones that no one else knows about no one else cares about but spill the bean it's called apple seed i don't know if you've heard of it before but it's this chick called dina newt and she's pretty much just like a complete fucking badass and she has a cyborg boyfriend and it's just that sounds really lame like I just described I don't know Saved by the Bell but it's not (laughs) (laughs) it's actually pretty legit cool but yeah like especially if you if you're an anime fan you have to go to Japan yeah I uh I've always wanted to travel to Japan because I have a friend that was in the military and he he spent a lot of time in Japan and he said he loved it and he's like just like a really huge redneck, like a like an American redneck. So like, uh-huh. I was like, if this guy likes it, then like hell yeah, like there should. It must be, be legit. Yeah, yeah, and I love Japanese food too. Uh and trust me, it's if you like Japanese food outside of Japan, Japanese food inside Japan will blow your mind. Just the the stuff you can get from the um, I know you guys have Seven Elevens. They have Family Mart. Okay. And they are everywhere, literally yeah. everywhere. There will be a family mart, and then five shops, and then another family mart. You're and not eating. You're not eating like squid and shit, though, are you? Oh hell yeah! What? Hell yeah! You got to eat all of it, man. That stuff. You got to go to the fish market there. It's sick, honestly. I know it seems strange now, but when you get there, yeah. I'm not a very big fish guy. Good. Like I'll eat, I'll eat like alligator. Oh, you've never had alligator. Oh, I mean, I've had emu. Hmm. Is that is that any good or not? It's tough. Let me ask you this, and and I don't know if like you're legally allowed to answer this, but can you eat kangaroo? Yeah. Hell yeah. What do they taste like? It's in the supermarket. Um, kangaroo is really yeah. Hell yeah. It's like bullshit. Hundred percent kangaroo you get kangaroo burgers you get kangaroo steaks 
Um, you can't really get like kangaroo drumsticks or anything because can you imagine the size of them? Oh, Jesus Christ. It'd be big, like three ham hocks together. But yeah, kangaroos, super readily available. And a lot of um, bodybuilders actually eat kangaroo in Australia because it is a super, super lean meat. Like when I say the protein amount in that is insane, insane amount of protein, super low fat. It's just, yeah, but you have to be able to, you pretty much have to be a grill master to be able to cook that stuff well. Do you remember when Frank Mir failed a drug test? <laughs> he said it was because of kangaroo meat. Because the kang, is that what he said it was for? Yeah, that's what he tried to blame it on was kangaroo meat. I mean, they're pretty jacked. I don't think they're that jacked, but I mean. Have you ever fought a kangaroo? Not personally. <laughs> do you think you could, do you think you could take one or no? Hell No. I'd like there's a lot nah nah how no there's a lot of them here like if you go to a like a national park out not 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 the big parks that we have in the cities and stuff like that more a national park a little further out and I used to live out sort of in that type of area and there were kangaroos in the backyard all the time and they're huge and I mean they're clearing fences I'm talking proper cattle fences and they're jumping along through the paddock and these cattle fences are a decent height you know maybe just under one and a half meters high because I'm about 160 centimeters and they were I could only just see over them and these Uh, kangaroos clear that shit like they just no problem skiffy's on his way you know just like a yeah (laughs) <laughs> they use their tail it's not actually just their legs they use their tail you, yeah i think you could like leg kick one and maybe like hell no not to not if i want to live and to tell the story so you wouldn't you wouldn't try to like take it down or anything i mean like, if it was like a baby one what? if i thought i could take them i wouldn't choke them out i would just you know i'd just flow uh have you ever heard the story of bryce mitchell choking the deer no bryce so bryce mitchell apparently uh was like hunting and he he didn't have enough arrows to like shoot this deer and he climbed out of his tree stand and he left his knife and so he jumped on a deer's back and like put it in a rear naked and choked it until it died you don't think you could do that to a kangaroo that is not a true story i I swear he he's told the story a bunch of times i swear just because you tell a story heaps of times doesn't make it true. I'm I'm gonna send it to you as soon what, as you jump over here. What kind of what kind of who's that dude who um MacGyver? It's this MacGyver bullshit. <laughs> like oh, I ran out of arrows and then I left my knife up in the tree and then it was too late, so I just grappled him with my bare arms. Like, me, okay, bro. Let me tell you, if it came right down to it, I would choke the fuck out of a deer. You don't think you? I would? mean, how big was the deer? I mean, it was a like a doe, so I mean, it couldn't have been that big. Oh well, I mean, first of all, it was a girl deer. <laughs> You're really gonna, you know, announce the KO, announce the win, at least make it a fair fight. No, um, I mean, I guess you could. I did hear the rumor something about Joe Rogan killing a, a mountain lion. What? Yeah, but it was just because he runs through the through the woods with a knife when he runs with his dog. Because oh, Marshall! Do you follow Marshall yeah. on Instagram? Of course I do. Marshall's the cutest Instagram that I follow. Marshall is literally the only Instagram that is tolerable and does not have a political view on anything. 
Yeah, true that. True that. I really like. Do you listen to a lot of Joe Rogan? I used to. I used to be a super, super avid fan. And I'm not, not that I'm not still an avid fan, but it's just sometimes I think maybe Americans are so used to politics being part like, interwoven into your entertainment uh, that yeah. it's, it's always just so prevalent, especially when it comes into, you know, election year and all that kind of stuff. Everything throughout entertainment just always has politics always interwoven into it. And for me, I always listen to him more for, you know, science and fights and, you know, listening to Eddie Bravo tell stupid stories, you know, like that kind of entertainment, not really having to listen to candidates, you know, tell their stories on his platform. And I appreciate that that's his, his role, I guess, and he has the ability to do that. But, you know, not everyone loves hearing and talking about politics as much as <laughs> the US loves it. No, trust me, we don't love it at all. I uh, I agree with you 100%. Over the last two years, I've kind of stopped listening to Joe as much. Like, I'll tune in for, like, Edward mm-hmm. Snowden or, like, Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll tune in for those, but, like, for the most part, I've kind of navigated like away from it. Um, I, I was going to ask you like kind of like a follow-up, but like how long have you been doing jujitsu? Because I feel like when you first start doing jujitsu, one of the, like one of the main things you do is like you do jujitsu and then you go home and like you listen to Joe Rogan. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't been doing jujitsu long at all. So I started last year near the end of the year, sort of around October, because I started getting a lot of injuries in the sport I was doing before that and decided to move away from it. Um, so I didn't really actively seek to do jujitsu. I thought I was, if I was going to do anything, it would probably would have been just go straight into MMA to learn striking as well. More, only for fun, not to actually go into competition and try and you can go box yeah. up kangaroos. Beat, yeah, beat bitches up or anything. <laughs> but yeah, or to be beaten up rather. Um, but yeah, so more October last year, but then since we've been in lockdown, like we've been in lockdown here since the start of March. So it's been, I mean, jujitsu hasn't been allowed back since then. Whoa, so you've not been able to train at all? No. Holy I do crap. train with one person. We do one-on-one training together, but you know it's not the same without all the different people that you get to roll with and yeah. coach, and it's a very, very different experience. But yeah, proper rolling. Well, you're still like you're still sharpening your sword though, so like for that, like kudos to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I had nothing else better to do, so I suppose, <laughs> I suppose you know if I'm going to do something, you might as well put your time and energy into being better at something. As I didn't want to get sucked into the vortex of cat videos. <laughs> I love cat videos. What a, what a You lot... can watch them while doing jujitsu. Oh, that'd be so sick. Just put them on just like say. a projector on the wall. Oh, just put them on the TV next to wherever you're doing your drills and just, you know, just have a quick little breather, catch a couple of cats doing some cheeky stuff, go back to your drills. What uh what is lockdown like in Australia right now? Like are you are you guys still like lockdown lockdown or is everything kind of becoming more relaxed? Different states are in different phases. So pretty much everyone's out of lockdown properly now. 
So I know that Victoria was the last one I state, I think. Um, they came out, I think, last week or the week before. But they'd been in lockdown since, I think, early Feb or mid-Feb or something like that. Um, and they'd been in proper, you know, stage four on curfew lockdown for something like six months, seven months straight. So that was a bit rough. But we, um, well, pretty strict, I, though. I guess, like, I only speak for Florida because that's, like, where I stay predominantly. But... Um, she's becoming like a lot more relaxed like we've been able to go to the gym essentially like this entire lockdown oh I don't, what? I don't, I don't oh, actually i don't know if i'm allowed to say that um oh uh, i'm pretty sure i've seen a lot of diff like a lot of fitness models on instagram maybe just forget oh. that i said that <laughs> no i have definitely seen people in gyms yeah constantly yeah throughout lockdown even you know in the u.s people saying they're wearing masks and it's limited to a certain number of people and then other people commenting you guys aren't even supposed to be allowed in there <laughs> just like oh jesus yeah but, I've, I've been staying really busy during the quarantine like like jujitsu was like muay thai was um but like I, I think like america itself is like getting a little bit more relaxed with it which i don't know if you've heard but apparently like there's a second wave of corona about to sweep through i guess i heard there's some i don't i can't remember the name of it i did hear i i think i saw it on a like a news feed on my phone something about beware the next something or rather rather is going to be bigger than coronavirus so yeah bro it's just like the flu you know the flu does get worse every single year we mm. need to build up our tolerance to it the ironic thing is, is that they were telling everyone the way to stay safe is to stay inside and to lock yourself down. And at the same time, the basic medical advice was stay healthy, get vitamin D into your system via sunlight, which is obviously the best way to get it. You know, keep your immune system up, which how are you supposed to keep your immune system when you're inside a house all day? Right. It's, you know it's, what well, I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's like making everyone like bubble boy it's also super depressing to a lot of people like who oh, are yeah. who depend on like a lot of social interaction and now they're not really getting any at all but also i mean even to say only some people are being impacted it's you know to interact is a normal thing it you should be expected to interact with your community to be isolated is not normal no, it's not, not healthy it's, we're that, supposed to be social beings in some way shape or form and in person is you know, a lot better for your mental development and you know your interpersonal skills and all that kind of stuff and when you start taking that away I mean it's no wonder that social media platforms like Twitter become super toxic because you don't get that in real life check that you get when you say something fucked up to someone and then they give you that look I think it was, it was you that tweeted it the other day about um, like how malicious Twitter's became since the lockdown yeah, because I, yeah. I haven't been on Twitter before lockdown. I said, has it always been like this? Has it always been this vindictive, I guess, where even if you say one wrong thing, it's you're not even allowed to acknowledge that you said something wrong and own that. Even when you own that, it just gets regurgitated and regurgitated and regurgitated, and it's really just unhealthy for people to behave like that i see a lot more people being um i guess like a lot more confrontational than they were beforehand 
mm-hmm. which is like I don't know, like I, I don't like to use the term like people's true colors kind of come out but like there are a lot of rude ass people on Twitter so like I went on like a little unfollowing spree because I'm like I don't really want a bunch of assholes like on my timeline all the time you know what I mean yeah and it's true you are what you surround yourself with too so when you constantly are seeing that kind of thing it's the same thing for positive affirmation you know how they say if you keep saying positive things in the direction of your goals and just having that positive affirmation reinforces your positive mindset and yada 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 and improves you know your performance towards your goals it's the same thing with the time timeline you know if you scroll through your timeline and all you're going to see is people being dickheads to each other you start thinking that being an asshole is a really acceptable thing when it's really not (laughs) wait can you can you say that one more time dickheads dickheads oh i think you said it like really quick a second ago and it was like oh like like a new zealander it was it was yeah it was very entertaining wait what yeah that yeah that word in particular and deck as in uh like a porch like deck yeah yeah built built a deck onto the outside of it those, those words were very problematic coming from a kiwi accent to an australian one i have a friend that's uh very very american and he can't say deck either he always says dick so he's For like what? he's like yeah let's go sit on the on the deck and drink a beer and i'm like oh, i'm good bro like, no thanks <laughs> <laughs> no thanks at all I've had to say, so I actually had said to people when I started a new job and I was a manager and I think I'd only been there two days and they were talking about, oh, you know, what are you going to do after work when you get home? And this is when I used to smoke cigarettes and stuff and I used to drink a lot and said, oh, you know, I'm just going to go home, have a smoke on the deck and uh, yeah, and just have a great night. And they just looked at me like, holy shit. Our no new boss way. is kinky as fuck. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there thinking, you guys live such a passive life if having a smoke on the porch of your house is, you know, that crazy to you. And then a couple of days later, I realized that that's what had happened. And then it was too awkward to bring it back up and confirm that I wasn't talking about sitting on someone's penis whilst smoking a joint. Yeah, you, like, you never you never can bring it back up after the fact. You just kind of got to Yeah, because <laughs> then it's like, why have you been thinking about it for the past three days? Because then you're the weirdo. Let me tell you, I'll, I'll say something like, like the other day, the like I was sitting in a restaurant and the waiter brought me my food and he was like, uh, he was like, enjoy your meal. And I was like, thanks, you too. And then I went home that <laughs> night and I was sitting on the couch and I was like, why the fuck did I say that? And you just sit in there, you say, yeah, me too. You're like, oh, you dickhead, you absolute dickhead. <laughs> Why to, did you have to say that? <laughs> I wanted to drive back to the restaurant and be like, hey, man, I hope you have a really good day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be like, hey, remember how I said that thing? And I, you know, you knew I was a loser. I knew I was a loser, but neither, no one really acknowledged it. But I just want you to know that I know what I said was weird. Sir, do you remember me? Yeah, bacon cheeseburger. Yeah, I, you told me to enjoy my food and I told you the same thing. I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time, especially when I meet new people. I'm terrible with names. And even- I always, in my brain, when I make eye contact with someone and I know it's about to happen, when I'm about to shake their hand and, you know, have the, I always think, remember their name in my head. But then I always, <laughs> I started getting to a point where all I could think about was their name. So then when I had to introduce myself, I started forgetting to introduce myself because I was just thinking about their name. 
So if you introduced yourself to me, I would just be thinking, I remember his name's Josh, his name's Josh, his name's Josh, his name's Josh. And go, hey, I'm Josh. I'm like, hi, I'm Josh. Josh. I'm, I'm Josh too. I'm Mila. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the other name that I should also be remembering. Yeah, it's just meeting meeting people for the first time as well, interacting with people is just like, I would love for people from Twitter to all be in a room together and have to interact. Well, that's the thing about like MMA Twitter. Like I'm not shitting on them at all, but I don't think any of them would act the way they do on Twitter in real life. Well, I'm going to say any of us um, because I probably wouldn't say some of the things that I say in real life either. I know that I probably, I've definitely said some pretty messed up things to people, especially when I first got on Twitter and they just triggered me straight away and I just couldn't take a joke. Right off the bat. Well, did you have the yeah. same, did you have the same persona you have like now? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, you know, when you're a, a random, very new OnlyFans girl with 30 followers, it's easy for someone who just, you know, is having a boring day and wants to take the piss out of someone to say something, you know, on on any tweet. And then I would just react because, you know. It's like, it's like human nature to, like, defend yourself, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm also a very argumentative person. Uh, I love to argue with people. I, it, not just in a, you know, confrontational way, but even in debating things. They'd say and something so when to people. You. They'd say oh, something to you and you'd be like, oh, well, you got two fucking left legs and your mother has a club foot. Like, you just started attacking yeah. them. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I overreacted to, and like, if this person listens to this, I doubt it because I wouldn't if I was him either. But there was some one person who said something about <laughs> me being a six out of 10. Oh, and I just don't, I, I don't know. And I was just like, first of all, I can see your face. I wouldn't be saying, you know, grading anyone else with the facial situation that you have going on right now like you know people in glass houses and all that put your rock down i'm a firm i'm a firm believer i do not attack anybody's looks at all because i'm not the prettiest uh i'm not the prettiest dude in the world so like like, this this dude was just being an ass but literally the stupidest thing to take the piss out of someone for is their race their gender and how they look. They're literally the three things that people have no influence over. They have zero influence over how they aesthetically look. You know what I mean? Like you don't control whether you're a girl or a boy and you don't control what ethnicity you are, but people still find a reason to hate you for it. And you're like, bro, if I had any say, <laughs> and I knew that this was going to offend you so much, I would have maybe put in a request for, for some you know, amendments. But as it is, I'm kind of stuck in the situation we're in so I didn't yeah. uh <laughs> I didn't want to bring up your your only fans because literally when we were messaging about you coming on I feel like you were a bit deflated about like me inviting you on as like an only fans girl you're not the first person there's many people like oh can I interview you for you know as a sex worker because you do sex work I'm like look yeah technically I suppose yeah it is sex work like it is it's not technically it is but I guess as well like I've only done it for maybe four and a half months now since the since lockdown pretty much yeah because I had a full-time job and everything and lost that because of COVID 
And then because I'm not a citizen here in Australia and I'm from New Zealand and I haven't been here for 10 years, I don't get any like government funding, which is fine. And that's totally fine. And so I was like, okay, that's all good. I'll just go out and do my own thing. And, you know, obviously millions of people were in lockdown. So job market wasn't great. And hence OnlyFans. Um, yeah, people always want to seem to like find it so interesting, which I guess it is pretty interesting. But when you do it every day, the, the allure sort of wears off of how different it can be to most people and what they have to do most days. Well, I told you that I didn't want to interview you as a sex worker because that's not your entire personality. So really quick, while we're on it, let's plug you really quick. What's your website that people can find you at? It is vmilaharris.com. That's it. Boom. <laughs> uh, do you like Paul Felder's mustache? I mean... Uh, uh, I like Paul Felder. Are you sure? You don't, you don't like the mustache? I'm not a real fan of stashes in general. I guess like the only stash that I would tolerate is Gary Tonin's because he's oh, Jesus. Gary Tonin. Um, <laughs> but I honestly don't think I have seen anyone else with a mustache that I'm just like, yeah, that looks like that should be there. It always looks like it's not supposed to be there. I think Paul Felder needs to keep it forever. Oh, I take that back. Cowboy. Cowboy can rock a mustache also. Did you, do you remember when Cowboy fought uh, Tony Ferguson and he had that weird mullet? Yeah, it ever wasn't that bad. Ever since then, I just want Cowboy to lose. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Because of the mullet. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just like, kidding. Fuck you for making my eyeballs watch that. <laughs> it just it just didn't fit him very well. I liked the uh like when he fought Gaethje and he had like the mustache and he he was bald, you know. He looked he looked like a badass. Uh, he looked like something out of a Quentin Tarantino movie. That's what yes, that's what I was he mm-hmm. looked like an action like an action star. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, he looked I'm, like an actual character. I'm living for the Paul Felder mustache. That dude's straight out of an 80s movie and I love it. Like an 80s porno maybe, but <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, a movie, technically. Do you think he beats uh, Dos Anjos? Oh, what? I mean, that would be the that would be the fairy tale ending. That I I think everyone now, respectfully, seeing him make weight in five days, like an absolute maniac, and then, you know, them saying him. I don't know if they have control over whether they go to the scale first, but then doing the whole thing of you know him being the first one I mean, to weigh yeah. in. I mean, they could have both been standing there and, yeah, Sanders could have just been very gentlemanly and allowed him to <laughs> walk up first, but it's, it's pretty impressive. I don't, I don't know that many fighters perform so well off the back of such a dramatic weight cut. So, like, it's just so... I, yeah, I agree. He, looked, he looked depleted. He looked really, really depleted. And I felt so sorry for him having to wear a friggin' mask. During the weigh-ins, yeah. All right, bro. The dude is like grasping onto consciousness with his every last breath and you make him wear a damn mask. Like, come on. I think he gets it done. You reckon he does it? 
Because and nothing against RDA, like I'm I'm a long time RDA fan, but RDA's not looked so great as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And what really kind of like pushes me to think that Paul Felder could get it done is he was training for like uh, triathlons. Did you see that? Yeah, I know he's a um, what do you call a yeah yeah he does uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like like the ads right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I don't think he was like super out of shape, uh, like so much. Like, I just think like, yeah, like it's hard as hell making weight in five days, but I think, um, I don't know. I like to give him a chance because, you know, the last time we seen Paul Felder, uh, who is it against is, uh, Dan Hooker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looked pretty good against Hooker. I mean, it's hard to look good against Dan Hooker. I mean, even Dustin Poirier was getting kind of pieced up in you know different moments in that fight with uh with oh, him. yeah but, i mean uh, hook is super underrated as well i think truly. he doesn't he doesn't toot his own horn it's kind of like, and because he talks funny he's so quiet and like yeah and also it's like what people don't understand as well is yeah is he in terms of the whole self-marketing thing it's I- I think he, not a very it's not a very New Zealand thing to do it's not a very Kiwi thing to do to talk yourself up like talking yourself up in your sport is honestly from my experiences anyway in sporting over there and being over there it's not cool you kind of looked at as, as a bit of a dickhead for doing that because I mean the main sport being the All Blacks um, rugby and New Zealand and you look at those guys and it's New Zealand's a lot more tied to their culture as well like they're tied to the Maori culture a lot more so and a lot of that is about being humble and you know not showboating and you know, being the loudest doesn't mean that you're the best in the room you know, announcing how great you are is not as good as letting your actions actually just speak for you the one thing I, I really like about Dan Hooker is um did you see when he fought Paul Felder, they done the, um, and, and you probably know a little bit more about it than I do, but they, they done that dance together. Oh, the hongi. The, the what? Of the noses? Is that what you mean? No, they, uh, like Dan and like, I guess all of Dan's uh, team done that. I guess it's like a Samoan kind of dance. Oh, the haka? Yes, the haka. The, that's moldy yeah yeah okay and they let they let paul uh join in i thought that was really cool like dan's a really respectable guy yeah i mean like and again like the haka is something that when it's it's cultural as well so then again it's it's not always meant as a challenge because people always just think of the haka as you know you see the all blacks do it and they look fierce and they look angry and that's because it is a challenge but then when you sometimes do it in other circumstances it's a welcome so, yeah, it, I mean, I think it's really cool that they have the opportunity to try and include the culture in martial arts as well, because I guess one of the things that I find a bit frustrating about not MMA, but certain promotions that are really more mainstream like UFC is a lot of the culture behind the martial arts that make up mixed martial arts get, gets lost yes you don't get a lot of you know in jiu-jitsu it's um oh god now i've even forgotten the the thing it's it's win lose or learn you know like yes. that that whole you win, you win mentality you yeah you win you you win or you learn like that that's the only outcome that you can have but then you go into mma and it's you win or you lose yeah 
And if you lose, you're a really big loser (laughs) and everyone (laughs) treats you like a really giant loser. And it's just, that's part of, I guess, part of MMA in general that I don't really. Yeah. I don't, what's that, the, the Conor McGregor after effect. Yeah. People, people realize that like talking shit makes you money. Yeah. I don't, that's the one thing. Like I've, I've grown up in martial arts and I've been, uh, like a, I guess like a combat athlete like my entire life because I wrestled my entire life and then I went straight into MMA so like I I love the respect and the humbleness um, and that's what I'm saying like I really like Dan Hooker because of that like Dan Hooker's a really cool guy and it's like I said it's very hard to look good against Dan Hooker um, yeah and I, I you know I, I thought Felder done a really good job just looking at like Felder and Dos Anjos's like last couple fights you know, Felder's picked up a couple decision wins and, and, you know, he's had like losses sprinkled in, you know, the Mike Perry yeah. um, and then the Dan Hooker. But, you know, other than that, but like he's had it. never really to nobodies though. What is it? When, when he loses, it's not to nobody. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. guys that are pretty decent and up and coming at least at the time when he fights them. Yeah. Well, and he, you know, he bumped up to like welterweight and fought Mike Perry who like, I really dislike Mike Perry, but. I hate. Okay, I don't. Okay, I don't hate him. I find it very, very difficult to tolerate him. I, I I'm trying to use the word hate a lot less. So I'm just gonna say I strongly dislike that motherfucker. Yeah, and he's and he's a Florida dude. Different. So like, <laughs> I should be I should be pulling from my Florida my fellow Florida man, but fuck that dude. Hey man, if there was someone from New Zealand who was an absolute douchebag, I would just be like, man, you're on your own. Like, good luck. Good luck to you, man. But you're not one of us. <laughs> yeah. That's, what, that's but, what I say about that's what I say about Mike Perry. I'm like, yeah, you're not one of us, bro. Yeah, I mean, he's such a good example as well. Of, you know, he he's trying desperately to do exactly what Connor did, yeah. but he's doing it without a team. He's doing it without you know actually doing all the things that Connor did. As, as much as I dislike Connor as a you know, person potentially even though when I've seen him being interviewed one-on-one I actually think he seems to be a pretty decent guy you know um, but I like Connor's mindset yeah and and when you listen to him and when you get him one-on-one he, he has some really amazing things to say and his mindset's amazing but then you put him in front of the crowd and he starts to perform for everyone and he starts showboating and he becomes a different person altogether and then um he just yeah isn't it's not the same person and you can't i just can't tolerate someone who's just so arrogant yeah it's just the, the thing that makes you so great as a champion isn't necessarily going around telling everyone how great you are it's how great you show people you are and he has the ability to do that, but he just loves to run his wrap his mouth so much. <laughs> I think the the Nate Diaz thing should have been like a learning point for Connor. And I think it truly was. Like I think it really humbled him. He came back. He worked to beating Nate. And then it's like it went all back to shit. Like like the when when the Khabib fight came around, I was literally just like, somebody take this guy's microphone from him. Like like he just made an mm-hmm. ass of himself, you know? Um mm-hmm. Then after that, you know, he was really respectful for the cowboy fight. And then he goes right back on Twitter. And I'm like, all right, somebody take his Twitter away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's up yeah. and down. It's like being bipolar. Well, that's a, I, I, I've even said as well as Mike Perry. The things that he tweets and the things that he says, it's, uh, some of them are actually quite, it's 
if he was part of any other organization other than USC, not only that, like they would potentially see this person has some serious mental health issues. If we we have a duty of care to our fighter to make sure that he's actually okay and he has the support that he needs. Because I mean, if your marketing ploy for your brand is to go onto Twitter the way that Mike Perry does and he says things like, you know, I'm not coping, I'm not doing well and things like that. I understand reaching out to support, but why is the organization not worried, not concerned about that? Can it's, you can you really quick can you do me a favor and just kind of pull your mic back just a little bit? I can hear you really good, but I don't know if it'll translate well. Is that better? Yes, thank you. Yeah. That's all right. Um yeah, I, that type of thing especially USC and people say, you know, just put on the fights that people want to see. Put on the fights that should be put on and think about, you know, fighter safety. Because there are so many people from USC who potentially, you know, have got CTE and you can see it in their behavior. Oh, yes. And you can see it in their attitude when they come out of professional fighting and they, you know, not saying Anderson Silva is one of those people, but you know, when people come out of massive careers like that and they've taken a lot of knocks and it's like okay cool we've used you for what you, we need you for and then I've, it comes to the side i've done a lot of uh, a lot of talking about cte and to me like it's a huge thing because like like i said like i've been involved in combat sports like essentially my entire life like i podcast about combat sports weekly like it's a huge part of my life and i don't want to see any of these guys go through um like an Aaron Hernandez moment or like a Junior moment you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um and so like I think that there's a lot of research to be done but it's like nobody like nobody says anything until it's too late and I think I'm I agree with you 100% I think Mike Perry is probably the most prominent example right now of somebody who has some real issues going on and it's like the the promotion just kind of says oh well it's Mike Perry let him be Mike Perry (laughs) like no it's good for retweets yeah, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's good for the but, bloody elbow and like MMA fighting and MMA junkies. Yeah. And they say, well, you know, how many retweets did he get? Okay, well, you know, his stock price went up. So why would we try and fix something in him that increases his value to us? Oh, and it just shows, I mean, a lot of people just don't even look at the UFC as it's 50% fight industry, 50, 50% entertainment industry, and they're two of the most brutal industries in the world to work in in terms of you know contracts and stuff like that people getting screwed over and it doesn't surprise me that you know if in a few years some of these guys who are you know coming up and they start just taking any and every fight that they can if you're not Chimaev it's not going to end well oh that is you know a freak I mean? isn't he like yeah but everyone thinks that they're going to be the next guy and it's you know there is a next guy but it's once you know a hundred other new dudes have passed through the doors and then the guy who's going to be the cream of the crop can come through and but you know everyone wants to be that person let me ask you this just because you you just brought him up what do you think Chamayev's trajectory is right now do you think do you think he's like the whole package or no um I mean it's it's hard to really tell when you don't have that much to go off. And I know that everyone, there's so many people that he would, 
look to do so well against, but you haven't seen him against proper high caliber guys yet. So it's like seeing someone, it, I, I, I mean, obviously he is a blue belt, but in jiu-jitsu, it's like watching someone who's a really, really, really good blue belt roll with like white belt. That's okay. what it's looked like so far. His fighting style anyway, he's just very dominant. But it's he fair. hasn't had anyone who's been super duper challenging in response either. Oh, it's like that Sambo background is just so fucking good. He and he's so strong. Like you can just tell and his there are some people that just have a uh like a fight rhythm. Mm-hmm. And he just seems to be able to get into his rhythm very quickly. He doesn't need, you know, around to feel feel the other dude out. You know, sometimes the fighters come out and they don't do anything for the first three minutes. What do you, you think? Know, the f- they're trying to feel each other out constantly, like Usman. I, mean, I everyone says he's boring. I think all of the fighters are great, but you know, comes out and feels you out for a few minutes before they make a move. Whereas Shamaya just goes for the throat straight away. I, I love good ass grapplers. Like people say it's boring all the time. Like I love like truly good grapplers. Like like one of my favorite people to watch is um uh, Ryan Hall. Sorry, kind of space. Yes, me. yes. He's such a like, he's he's kind of weird. He's an odd cat, yeah. <laughs> he is, he is. When you hear him being interviewed and stuff, yeah. But everyone has someone like that at their jiu-jitsu club. He actually, uh, when I first started training, I used to train at a school uh, in Virginia, and it was a uh, it was a, it was a Pitch Black MMA affiliate. So Pitch Black is uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's gym, mm-hmm. and so um i guess somehow they knew ryan hall and so ryan hall came and done a seminar uh probably like my first or second week training there and Mm -hmm. i'd been watching ufc like i'd been into mma for a while i just never really knew who that was i guess like i didn't know who uh ryan hall was at the time and i was like kind of just talking to this guy like he was a regular dude and he was just talking I mean, like, he was, like, a pretty normal guy, but he, he just, he is kind of weird. Um, yeah. I think that he's, kinda, he's a little off. Yeah. I think, I think it but, adds to the allure, almost, you know? It's almost, it's almost as if part of him being so good is because he's not normal. Yeah. So, some, some of the people, especially with jiu-jitsu, to do well at jiu-jitsu, sometimes you have to just be nowhere near conventional or normal, like, the way Danaher thinks. And, and the way he sees things is going to be different. The way um, Marcelo sees things and understands things is going to be so different to what you know, traditional people think like. Well, then you have people like Eddie Bravo who... Yeah, he's a <laughs> On a weirdo. different planet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his arch nemesis slash frenemy is Alex Jones. I mean, it's kind of perfect. Is that, yeah, you probably do have a great mind for jiu-jitsu. I really love Alex Jones too. And if you're, if you were an American, you would either have a love or a hate for Alex Jones. And I absolutely love that fucking guy. I think he's interesting. I just, I haven't really, I didn't see much of him besides what was on Joe Rogan. He's kind of like a, he's like a, like Boogerbeard. You know how Boogerbeard yells everything? Uh Alex uh Jones, Alex Jones does his best work when he's yelling. Oh yeah. (laughs) He does seem to be very impassioned about, did you ever did you ever hear his rant about how they're putting chemicals in the water to make the frogs gay 
I did see a snippet. Yeah, that's like my favorite. Things like that. It's things like that where I just think, I mean, it's almost like reading the ramblings on, you know, written on a bathroom wall in a public toilet in a train station. You know what I mean? Like someone, someone who, you know, is just sitting in there writing all their thoughts on a on the bathroom wall. That's what it feels like sometimes when he (laughs) when he says certain (laughs) things, and then other times there are little tidbits of information in there that seem to be somewhat true but they're just so outrageous they don't seem that they could possibly ever be true he's i will say this about alex jones it's not because i'm biased like because i'm a fan he said a lot of shit that ended up being true which is like scary almost you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah because then you start realizing that you know the person that you thought was crazy a year ago now is seeming more sane than majority of the people that you know politicians and people in power (laughs) I'll just be like sitting down at a at a restaurant with my family, and I'll be like, "Holy shit, maybe the frogs are gay." I mean, they might be. I don't really know what that would do environmentally. I mean, I mean, yeah, who knows? I mean, the the flies would probably overrun Florida. <laughs> uh, I mean, it wouldn't be hard. Such a, it's, it's such a funny thing to just accuse people of doing putting chemicals in the water to turn the frogs gay it's so it's so like left field that like it it doesn't make sense but at the same time it's like you know what that's a that's a excellent idea and i appreciate you for offering it to us you know what i mean like like you've heard less crazy ideas at this point right like it's not it's not the craziest thing i've ever heard i guess exactly and that's sad (laughs) but that's not the most mental thing that you've heard is putting crap in the water to turn frogs gay it's not the craziest thing you've ever heard it says a lot do you uh do you guys have like an australian alex jones or no do we um i guess no not really we had sam newman um who i suppose is kind of like a a confrontational figure he's an ex afl footy player Aussie rules footy player and he's a I guess a a host on a footy show and he says some pretty inflammatory things at times you know he he has said some pretty inflammatory things about the election as well footy like like soccer no football as in Australian rules football so Aussie rules I don't know how to explain it it's a stupid sport um i'm gonna google i'm not a huge fan do google it because it's very difficult to explain australian football let's look up aussie rules oh okay or footy physical oh is it like rugby no (laughs) it's um it's not a stupid sport it's actually a very athletic sport i just it's for tall people it's a tall people sport Oh yeah, I'm I'm out of that. I'm like five six. Yeah, day. it's all about kicking. You pretty much have to kick the ball from person to person, and it looks like a rugby ball, but it's a bit smaller. It's also called the round ball game. Oh, okay. Well, because you play on a field that is round. Have you ever heard it be called that before? No, but I actively avoid AFL. So. Hold on a second. So whenever you Google this, uh, you Google Australian football and it brings up a little USAFL.com website. But then it also Yeah, there's says, a there's a league over there, isn't there? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it says, people also ask. And the first question is, is Australian rugby the same as, or is Australian football the same as rugby? And then it says, what do Australians call Americans? <laughs> and it says, Seppo? Huh? Seppo, S-E-P-P-O. Seppo is the most often used by Australians and New Zealanders. It is mostly used to refer to Americans, those bloody Seppos. I've never heard that ever once in my life. All right. Well, if my Australian it's friend just, doesn't know it's it, it's not a, real. It's usually whenever it's something like on the news and it, it, it's not it's not funny, but it's kind of ironic that uh, America always seems to be so divided about, you know, it always seems to be left versus right over there. You know, it's mm-hmm. always you know, by race or whatever, by class or or gender it always seems to be divided by something but the rest of the world really do just look at americans as like you're all the fucking same you know what i mean like i would, I would agree <laughs> you know what i mean because when people start to get annoying you just you just look at people and say you're all intolerable you're all just as bad as each other like just just be nice to one another it's really not that hard but when you're nice to someone and they're nice back if they're not nice to you don't talk to them don't start arguments with everyone all the time. But it's just funny that you guys are so divided internally. But I feel like from the outside, most people look at Americans like you're all pretty much the same. Oh, yeah. We, we, we pretty much all are. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is that you get any one person on their own away from a group of people and they're usually pretty reasonable when you want to have discussions with them about anything most people will be pretty reasonable i can agree with that i think um like that little like that tribe mentality like really messes people up sometimes oh heck yeah and you see it on like mma twitter oh don't even get me started (laughs) gangs forming there's there's genuinely little gangs that formed since covid happened it sounds like and especially with a lot of the kids that were quite young i had no idea there were so many young kids on there let me ask you this. Yeah. Are, you, are you on the good side or the bad side of MMA Twitter? Because, you know, there's like a good, like a, like a good versus evil kind of MMA Twitter I, division. I think I must be on the good side because I actually don't even see any of the bad people come up on my face. All the people that everyone always tweets about, I don't even see any of those tweets. It's always through other people retweeting it, never directly. I agree with that. I think I'm on the good side, mainly. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know when people would say that there's a bad side and a mean side. I've seen mean individuals, but I haven't seen, you know, that type of thing. And everyone keeps saying, don't go looking for it because it's, yeah, just don't, don't worry about it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, okay. Just forget it. You you know who you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get greedy. Don't go searching for more. I will. I'm going to shout out one uh, MMA Twitter account that I love. It's Wholesome MMA. Yeah. Where she she uses um, like astrological signs to like predict fights. Have you seen that? I have seen a couple. Yeah. I think it's yeah. so. I think it's so neat. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna like bet money on on you know astrological signs and whatnot. But I do think it's pretty cool. I think I did this when I first started on Twitter. I'm pretty sure I did comment on one of her things. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the most unique MMA take and I guess commentary 
I've seen. Yeah. This is awesome. But more so, I mean, I don't, I don't really follow astrology or believe in any of that. But I mean, it's still pretty cool to see how it can be interpreted by other things. And I mean, if she starts being right, then yeah, if she if she starts being right, then holy shit. <laughs> yeah, if she starts being right, I'm sure she's laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure she's probably been right before. Um, I mean, MMA is one of those things like it's so unpredictable that anything really can't happen. But yeah, I I seen that because like I see nothing but like like if like and not being like an asshole, but like there's like a hundred different MMA coaches on there. You know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. everybody's super informed and everybody always knows what's gonna happen. Um, but I really like her. Like she's really genuine about it and and. I really like that approach. I'm not really big into like astrology or anything. Um, like I have a couple no. friends like super hard into it and they're like, yo, let me read your moons and your sons. And I'm like, yo, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that means. But, but mate, just worry about your own moon. Look after your own sun. Just yeah, trust got a handle on it. <laughs> I'm like, yo, the US faked the moon landing anyway, bro. Like we don't even know what's up there. Like, yeah, you're not, you're I not mean... Gonna... <laughs> I, I'm. I mean, I, I. I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist believer. Oh, hell yeah. I, I've seen. You know, I was young when all that stuff happened, but you know, I've seen the 60 minute specials and the, you know, the documentaries about why the flags waving and why the little you know picture marks cropped. Are you a flat earther? Say again. Are you a flat earther? No. Okay. Good. Thank God. No. No. <laughs> I like cons- I'm I, I'm into conspiracy theories. I'm not actually like full on stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I've went on a couple rants on the podcast about how dumb flat earthers are, and I don't mean to like bash anyone's intelligence, but come on, people. Yeah, Th- that's like the one I can't get behind. I mean, I just I'm trying this new thing <laughs> where instead of judging people. For the things they do and say and whatever i try and understand their motivation behind why they could possibly ever be interested in that because no one in their right mind is proposed the you know the the whole idea of it, there's a flat earth and you've been lied to this entire time like no one who has a decent brain in between their ears would actually get past that first sentence without being you know laughing or telling the person to you know shut the fuck up what is your favorite uh conspiracy theory sorry i was i muted myself so you could you could talk and yeah do you believe that they're putting chemicals in the water to make the frogs gay hell no (laughs) if the frogs are gay that's by choice so right. they, they that's evolution. Like that's not because of chemicals. Like if people can do it, I'm sure animals can. Um, favorite conspiracy theory. I mean, I guess um, flat Earth is my favorite one when I want to feel really good about my own intelligence. <laughs> Personally, you know, when you just sort of need a bit of a boost. Oh hell yeah! Or, you just you know, go flat Earth Twitter and just just destroy everybody. Or, you know, sometimes I just look up flat earth lol on YouTube and usually like a pretty decent little playlist will come up and I just watch that and it makes me feel really good about myself. 
and I'm not directly laughing at them because they don't even know. So yeah. technically, you know, it's it's harm. It's not harmless. the meanest thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if they want to try and evangelize me into believing in flat Earth, I am willing to listen. But they also have to be accepting of the fact that I may laugh in a response. I think I've ran all my flat earth fans away, but if anybody is listening and you're a flat earther and you want to convince Mila, then hey. Oh, please do. Shot, shoot your shot. Please do. I didn't think that people actually, I, I just, it's one of those things like people never want to admit that they subscribe to OnlyFans. It's, I feel that when you're surrounded by normal people, you don't want to admit that you're a flat earther. Let me tell you, when I was maybe 19 or 20, I was working in a warehouse and there was a guy that worked there with me who was 100% sure that the earth was flat. Uh Did he wear Velcro shoes? Did he what? (laughs) Did he wear Velcro shoes? I wish. (laughs) He, He was just like a really odd character, but he would always, he had like all these pictures on his phone, like quote unquote proof. And I'm just like, bro, I don't, like I don't want to make you feel bad about yourself, but I'm not the guy to talk to about this. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually not okay with feeding the delusions of others. <laughs> are you Are you into like the Western conspiracies, like um, like JFK, nine eleven, like stuff like that? Yeah, I used to watch a lot of the nine eleven stuff. Yeah, the, you, the you think impact George Bush did ones. It? And... Do I think George Bush did it? Mm. I mean, the thing that throws me off about George Bush is that I have actually seen a clip of, I think he was at a school or something, and he really struggled with spelling really basic words. So (laughs) I just, and that stuck in my brain for a really long time. And I think that was when he was first elected or something like that. And, you know, the media was taking the test out of him. And so I just never really believed that he could be capable of doing anything you know um big because i mean he can barely spell but probably his government did you've you've heard of uh epstein and everything oh yeah so apparently when they raided epstein's house he had a painting of george bush and yeah, like, on the wall yeah yeah with the, <laughs> the paper airplanes and shit yeah because yes. he said something about um how he got he he commissioned for that to be painted and he had, about he had Bill Clinton in a dress as well. Mm, no, he's got the photo. Ah. He? He's got a photo of Bill Clinton in a dress. What an odd character that guy is. Yeah, and then he had a painting made of him, I think, like to immortalize For the moment. Keepsake. Yeah. I mean, if Bill Clinton is your kind of pinup girl, just everyone has their kinks. Like, if he's if he's his type <laughs> and he wants to check Bill Clinton up on as well, then as long as Bill doesn't mind, it sounds like he'd been out there plenty of times. He, if he had a problem with it, he probably would have said something. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Um, Epstein didn't kill himself. Anyway, uh... he didn't. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. He was. He was. Yeah, killed by suicide. I think Hillary. Yeah, I think Hillary had something to do with that. Yeah, by assisted suicide. Yeah, Hillary. <laughs> I actually haven't heard that one. Hillary, hell yeah, there you go. Yeah, you you should just you should just try coming to America. You'd absolutely hate it here, but it's pretty funny sometimes. 
Well, it depends on like there are different there are definitely parts of the US that I would love to go to, but it doesn't involve any of the big cities. I'm telling you, come to Florida. We're like the Australia of uh of America. It's pretty it's pretty wild down here. Is it oh I was gonna say, is it just chilled chilled out? Or is it just crazy? No, it's it's balls to the wall twenty four seven. Oh, that's not like Australia at all. Like, I mean, you guys have like giant spiders, right? Yeah, there's not that many though. Like, you have, you have like giant spiders and kangaroos. We just have like alligators and rednecks. Yeah, see, rednecks pose much more of a threat do you, than a spider does. Do you guys have like Australian rednecks? Like, oh hell yeah, we do. Yeah. Hell yeah, we do. Do you call Heroes. them? Do you call them rednecks or no? No, I call them bogans. Call them what? Bogan. Bogan. Yeah, Bogan or a, a, a Darrow. What is the, um, like, what's the meaning behind that? A Bogan is, oh, how do you explain a Bogan? A Bogan is a Bogan. It's basically an Australian redneck. Just, you know, how, you know, a, a redneck's are kind of like the caricature of, South, I guess, the South, Southern America, Southern States of America, right? That's what people think rednecks are. Well, the bogan is kind of like the caricature of Australians. Hey, yeah, hey, mate. Yeah, how's it going, mate? People <laughs> who talk like that. But people actually do talk like that. Oh, gosh. When I'm not podcasting and my accent like really comes out, people, people have often told me I speak banjo. You speak banjo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or do your bogans ever speak banjo or no? But um, I guess there is kind of like, but we don't really have a, I guess ours would be them speaking didgeridoo, I suppose. But like it, the Bogan accent, there's Australian Bogan accent. There's almost nothing worse. I you think I would rather like redneck. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's like, it, it's, it's like pouring poison into your ears. That's what it feels like. When you're, you listen to someone talk like that, you're not a you're not a bogan. Oh, uh, not not an Australian bogan. <laughs> <laughs> not an Australian bogan. Maybe a New Zealand bogan. Yeah. But but in New Zealand they call them Westies. Westies. Yeah. There's a a TV show called Outrageous Fortune. Um. And it was produced and directed and everything in, in New Zealand. It's a really great show. And if you haven't seen it and, and you want something really, really funny to watch, it's pretty funny. It's about a crime family. Um, but yeah, they're, pre- they're pretty much the bogan. Wait, what's, New what's it called? It's called Outrageous Fortune. And I think there's an American adaptation that happened not that long ago and it flopped. But the original New Zealand one is really good. It's pretty funny. I'm seeing if it's on Netflix right now. That would be phenomenal. Oh, no, it won't be on. I doubt that it'll be on Netflix. I have to watch it on DVD, mate. (laughs) I've got like the DVD box set. Oh, wow. These people really look redneck. Yes. Yeah. They're Westies because they're the West family, but also it's because they're from a, a certain part of town in the West, which is like the Bogan area. Okay, it says uh, in 2014, they announced a six-part prequel miniseries entitled West Side. So it's pretty nifty. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty funny series, but 
Yeah, I'm I'm not an Australian bogan, but I guess who's the guy that you guys always reference? The shrimp on a Barbie. Uh, Crocodile Dundee. Yes, Crocodile Dundee is that's pretty bogan. He's that's pretty bogan. Is uh is Steve Irwin like a uh, like a national treasure to you guys? I think he should be a national treasure to Earth. To be honest, he's pretty amazing. He but really is. <laughs> he is, and like his kids and stuff are so so cool. Um, they make like so wholesome. They are. They and I feel like they're the only children who've been in semi Hollywood that haven't come out with some truly horrific background story, and they all just genuinely seem to love animals. Yeah, I really. <laughs> I, really I just like get jealous. That. Yeah, I just get jealous. I'm like, damn, man, I wish I was that happy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys look so happy all the time. Damn. Um, is there, uh, I don't mean to like change topics. Is there any, wow, uh, you're so happy all the time. I, you're I so truly, happy all the time. How does that happen? <laughs> I, I wish that for, for me as well. So, I think the reason they're so happy is because they just get to play with fucking kangaroos and shit all the time. Like, wouldn't Literally. That... Have you ever played with a kangaroo? Um, I've played with a wallaby. I haven't played with a kangaroo. Wait, aren't, aren't, wallabies, like really, aren't wallabies like really dirty? No. No? Much, they're just like a, a mini kangaroo. They're what? a small kangaroo. What am I thinking of? It's really dirty. Oh, a koala. Koalas are really dirty, right? No, no, no. So koalas have chlamydia. Oh, okay, okay. That's, That's why you think they're dirty. But they, they just, I think by default or something, it's because of the stuff that they do and all the different enzymes, I think. But yeah, you can't um, touch certain parts of them and all that. But they're, they're pretty clean. You wouldn't catch anything from them unless you're going out and catching wild koalas. If you if you Google koala, one of the first things that pop up is "Can a koala kill you?" And it says "Koala on koala violence is generally pretty mild." <laughs> yeah, I don't. They kind of like Australia's version of a sloth. Oh, sloths are fucking cute. Yeah, so they kind they they they're more akin to that. Like I think the best animal here though is probably the wombat. The wombat's the coolest one by far. Oh hell yeah! They're just little balls of muscle. A um, little, a little wombat. How neat! Yeah, that, that's why, like, that's why you get to think of Volkanovski as a wombat because uh, he's you know, okay. short and stocky and he's just all muscle and he's you know little, little ball of muscle basically. He's, I'm not, I'm not trying to wombat. I'm not trying to shit on y'all's guy. I don't think he beat Max the second time. Oh, I don't either. Okay, I'm so glad. I don't either. No, no, no. I was so ready to argue as soon as I said it. I was like, oh, she's either going to no, be no, no, against no. me. No. No, you can still like fighters and not be delusional about their skills. <laughs> I think some people try and die on the sword of, you know, but I support that fighter. Yeah, but did you watch the fight, though? The because, fight between uh, Max and, and Volk, the second one? Yeah, when people say, oh, no, 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 Volkanovski's the champ, blah, 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 you know, and there's yeah, Sarah, no, really no. love him. Yeah, but did you watch the fight? It wasn't convincing at all. Yeah, it, no, not at all. It was very... I don't know. Like, I, I understand that Volkanovski won two rounds, but I don't think he won three. 
No. And, and if you're and if you're saying, oh well, in the first fight, Max won two rounds, but I don't think he won three. Well, yeah, that's you know that's actually convincing. Max, I don't think Max won the first fight, but I definitely thought he won the second. Mm, yeah, that's the problem know. though. It's like and, and people, especially when you start talking about the judging on, especially in MMA. I find that talking about the judging and talking about scoring has made some people, some people really love to talk about it and some people just get so aggressive <laughs> and, and start to, you know, go on about the roles of MMA and that's pretty much the, the easiest way to start the phrase, you know, casual that's getting thrown around really quickly. Oh my gosh. Apparently, if you don't know all the rules of MMA, and USC specifically, like it's okay to call people a casual. And I just feel like saying to people, you realize they do not make the rules readily available to many, like it's not like they're super transparent on a lot of the details. And I got, most I got called a casual yesterday. Did you? <laughs> because, because after Pitbull fought, I said that Pitbull could beat Alexander Volkanovsky, which I truly believe. He can. And somebody yeah. just wrote back one word. They said casual. I said, you motherfucker. Like, what? Yeah. And it's, it's that kind of stuff. I mean, Volkanovski is an is an amazing athlete and he's incredibly conditioned. But I think you're right. Someone like Pitbull is a massive problem because I think he puts body, his body type, no problem. Volkanovski's benefit is that he's this, you know, rugby dude that can smash you into the ground if he needs to and can tackle you up against the fence but that's what pitbull's known for too i can't believe that dude a lot more 200 pounds volkanovsky yeah (laughs) yeah yeah some of those rugby dudes too i mean growing up some of the the where i grew up back home a lot of the guys um it's a very small place and not a lot to do so a lot of the guys got really really into rugby and after a few generations you know you started getting these rugby legacy families from tiny towns yeah. and a bunch of them became all blacks and they're just incredible incredible athletes and you know they're from tiny places like that and it's because of the way that they train and then you see Volkanovski and he's this little you know 200 pounds ball of muscle and you think that that's incredible, but there's so many of them. Just like him. Just like him. Like that's not special in that, you know, him being this a forward and being so stocky and powerful and stuff like that. That's not that special. And there's so many guys that would be able to transition pretty well, I reckon, to, to a combat sport, but it's just not as big. Yeah, I, I think the allure behind Volkanovski is he's a like a multi athlete or a, a multi sport athlete, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're going to give him all this credit, um, then you know you've got to look at guys like, and I hate to say it, but Greg Hardy. You know, Greg Hardy's a <laughs> multi sport athlete, or a guy yeah. here here in where I'm from in Florida, uh, Austin Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's it's very impressive. I'm not knocking him at all. Uh, and obviously Volkanovski's with a damn good team and he knows what he's doing, but I just, yeah. he beat all, he beat like a, an older Aldo. I think Volk's most impressive win has to be that Chad Mendes fight. Oh he, yeah, for sure. He, he knocked but out Chad. He, he hasn't, he hasn't really, besides Mendes, he hasn't really fought many people who are like at their peak. 
yes, yes he fought yes, Holloway, yes. but it wasn't convincing either time. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, you, if you're the champ and you hold the belt and you win, you want it to be a very, very convincing win because then it's people are going to question the legitimacy of the belt. But then you see him because he's, I guess, newer to the scene than someone yeah. like, say, Jones, who has such a legacy behind him. And then he fights, you know, Reyes. Wasn't 100% convincing. He was challenged. But people don't question less people question the legitimacy of him holding the belt because he's held it for so long as he's proved himself so many times and struggling think, one time isn't that big a deal i think part of it too is he he rose up so fast like kind of like mm-hmm. the, the thing with Shemaev. like we haven't mm-hmm. like for sure we've not seen alexander volkanovsky's full potential but i just don't think he holds that belt very long at all just because 145 and he may is- have peaked too soon he very well might have. He's not. He's older too, isn't he? He's in his in his late thirties or maybe early thirties. Uh, I think he's in his early thirties. So he's he, physically he'd be in his prime now. But you got to think as well, doing a sport like rugby before doing a sport mm-hmm. like combat sport. Rugby is a brutal sport. I don't, have you played full contact rugby before? I, I haven't. No, I actually have a, a really good friend of mine. Um, he's, he's actually been on the, the podcast a couple of times. His name's Thomas. He uh, plays rugby for the, the league we have here in America, and, and he stays beat up, though. That's that's what I was mm-hmm. about to get to. was like, Volk's body can't be 100% all the time. You know what I'm no saying? Way. Like, he, he's got to have some nagging injuries or something. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is, you know, the types of injuries that you get from from rugby – are very similar to the types of reg- of injuries that you can get in, you know, martial arts as well. Except, you know, instead of, you know, you landed on your back wrong, or you know, you pull a, a woodley and you get your rib cracked, getting taken down on the mat. It's you know, you're getting taken in midair. <laughs> Someone's running at you full force, and they are aiming to have their shoulder meet your sternum, and they want to launch you through the air and then into the ground. It's so much more, and no padding, like the canvas in UFC, you know, there's bounce, there's give, there's no give in the, you know, a rugby field. You just get absolutely nailed into the ground. And I can't imagine how many injuries you have. It'd just be, he's a tough dude to do rugby at that level and then do MMA, it's insane. Yeah, he... And more power to him. I just I can't see him holding the belt very long when you've got guys like no. like Calvin Cater. Calvin Cater has some of the best boxing in the UFC. Um, and absolutely killed Jeremy Stevens with an elbow. Then you've got guys like uh, like Zabit climbing the rankings. Uh, even though Shane Burgos just lost his last fight, like Shane Burgos is a bad matchup for Volk in my opinion. I mean, any basically anyone can take it from him. Because he showed very clearly that it's not going to be that difficult to come along and pretty much put a big question mark on whether he should be champ or not. Because he he really hasn't been convincing. And it's just kind of, I guess it's sad for him too. And that's kind of sad yeah. for Australian MMA because you know he gets sort of questioned about whether he should have won it and I doubt that if it went the other way people wouldn't really be questioning whether Holloway deserved it but it wasn't really strongly one way or strongly the other way it was kind of you know 
lose-lose situation, except Volkanovski just really doesn't have the fan base that Holloway's got. I think part of it too is like the level of opposition because you got to think, even though he's lost to like like Conor McGregor and he's lost to Dustin Poirier, uh, Max always fought a lot of killers on his like on his yeah. way up. Like he fought like he fought Pettis. Um, he fought everyone that you should have fought. He did it all. He did everyone. Yeah, he fought Pettis, who, you know, Pettis has one of the best reputations or one of the best records, uh, like, in the game. You know, first first dude on the Wheaties box, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, you know, he fought he fought Pettis, though, and they fought Aldo twice and, and beat the shit out of Aldo twice. Um, I mean, Max Holloway truly, like, to me, Max Holloway's got to be, like, the featherweight goat. You agree, or? Yeah, he's definitely got. He's he's had the best. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely fought in terms of his um his resume. The people yeah. that he's fought is much more impressive than pretty much mostly everyone else. Like, there's no one else has got a career fighting as many killers as Max Holloway, and all the while being considered one himself, too. I mean, and he came up in such a dangerous era. I mean, even now, so many of the weight classes, everyone's thinking, you know, like women's straw weight is one of the best weight divisions to, to be looking at at the moment. And, and you know, um, lightweight. But oh, every single weight class has, is full of killers right now because you're getting people who, who are coming from the outside and they're coming in as new fighters and it's new blood and it makes everyone fight better because when you hear someone like Dana talking about some random dude who he just you know called off you know, a, a 10, 10 day notice and he's singing this dude's praises and you're coming up and you're about to be the main card next week and, and, and you're a well-known name you better perform well because you don't want to be outperformed by a bunch of rookies uh, or you know it could swing the other way you don't want to be outperformed by like a like a veteran on their last leg like Tanner Bozer. Yeah. like Tanner Bozer just got pounded by Arlovsky which I mean it wasn't Tanner didn't get beat badly but he you know he still dropped a a very winnable fight yeah and it's it's I mean having better competition just makes all of everyone better because you don't want to be new and, and forgettable and you don't want to be a vet and not put on a good show because that's what everyone's paying to see or that's what everyone's tuning in to see so and I think everyone now is just so spoiled with the year that we've had especially just in UFC alone the fights have been absolutely insane for the past six months and people still complain about you know all oh, this card sick and I saw someone I don't even remember what his name was but some um reporter saying that he's not covering the was it the last card or one of the other cards that just just happened? He said, "Oh, it's a, a shit fight, and, and the, the whole card is shit." What? Uh, and saying like, "I'm not, I can't be bothered," you know, and and then saying other things like, "Oh, you know, you, with all the stuff that the UFC is doing, we have to work every single weekend and seven days a week uh, since this has been happening. Sometimes we just need to take a day off." But and that's fine, take a day off, but don't have the goal to complain about the fact that you have a lot of people's dream job and then not only that you go to say that to justify you having time off you start shitting on people on a card 
and saying that it's too shit for your attention span to even bother. Not only that, too. Like, that type of, you're you know, working if, during a pandemic, bud. Like, a lot of people don't have the luxury to even... Exactly! Yep. Like, bro, I, yeah, thank you would go a long way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, show at least a little bit of... Show, show a little bit of, you know, graciousness in the fact that you have not only a job, you have a lot of people's dream job. You're an analyst and you're having a cry because you think that this card's shit and no one asked you to go to the card anyway. So you, you didn't have to share your toxic thoughts with everyone else and make people on that card feel like they're not worthy of your time. Like that's just a really shitty thing to do yeah that I, I didn't read that i was like actually looking it up right now i did not see that that is what an asshole do you want to like help me because of one of the guys from the bloody elbow or i'll i'll find it and i'll send it to you but yeah it was a guy who said uh, he was saying something but you know he's on the bloody elbow or something like that and um let's that, gang you know, up on him too much work on him and about about that let's yeah. gang up on him you want <laughs> but, to? but i mean a lot of people would say the same thing We'll, we'll just you read the tweet for yourself first before you gang up on him. Yeah. Pull pull the mic back one just, more time. You know. I'm so sorry. Sorry. No, you're sorry. Good. You're we good. can gang up on him once I find the tweet. But it's just you know some people are just so just ungrateful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's... With all the fights that have been put on this year, like this has been the biggest year I think in. UFC history, I would say, in terms of the, just the number of awesome fights that put on. You know what's really cool is like a lot of people who usually wouldn't get this kind of spotlight are getting a, a pretty incredible spotlight. Kevin Holland, like that dude's mm-hmm. entire life changed this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and how many times has he fought this year? Like four times or something? Yeah, yeah, four like, times. Is Denver going to be his death fight or something? And now he's trying to take on uh, Jack Hermanson, which I'm all for. Oh, yes. I saw that because he said, didn't he say in like his last fight uh, in his interview, he said, oh, you know, if there's any other fights <laughs> before the end of the year, before Christmas, he wanted to get a fight in before the end, before Christmas happened. Um, yeah, he's he just, trying you know, to get put, that. Put me on the backup list. <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to crack that top five and, and get up to Izzy. But a lot of people, some people are really saying that he's gonna they reckon no 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 he he finishes easy real real easy i, uh, I don't know about that yeah i don't, I don't know about all that. I, don't know about that I think it'll be a fun fight i think it, yeah it'd be a really interesting fight to see more so whether izzy's i guess even just his presence can shut down Holland's enthusiasm, the way he seems to do, like, that's kind yeah, of what it seemed else. like with Costa. Yeah, that people are just so uh, cautious. They don't want to get caught because he's so proficient with his kicks. I mean, you never see someone use a question mark kick as an attack. You see someone throw a question mark kick, like, yeah, maybe two, three times in a fight. You don't see them throw it two, three times every round. The way that he he stunned, the way he, he stunned Brunson with it. Oh, it's and it wasn't even on the head. It was like in the, it wasn't it like in the neck, like right in the. Um, it, it landed super weird, and it still done damage. 
because mm, he doesn't he it's something like because he's so tall as well and obviously he's very proficient um i think they were t- i think they were too close truthfully i think i think uh like they were too close together for him to like throw like like brunson was kind of like moving forward when he uh yeah but it's still i mean fuck it was effective it's yeah i mean you don't see someone threatening with question i mean the only other person i've seen who throws them so casually and so cleanly is someone like shevchenko oh my god uh, that's just because she's she's you know she's a weapon she's the only person uh, she honestly probably doesn't get enough credit for being the most technical fighter in the ufc as well she's just absolutely amazing conspiracy theorist time do you think she's a, oh. like a government agent Oh, hell no. I mean, but she could play one if she wanted to. I'd be cool with her doing like a Charlie's Angels thing. I reckon it'd be really cool her doing something like Natasha Romanoff. Or maybe they, you know, instead of James Bond, she can be Jane Bond. Oh. We should we should patent yeah. that. Yeah. That can be that can be our thing. We mean you own that. Yeah. <laughs> All we have to do is get Shevchenko and we're set. You have the the far better reach than I do. This is all on you. I don't mean to put any pressure on you. This is all on you right now. I'll just I'll just start atting her every single day until she responds. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Hey Shevchenko. Hey Shevchenko. Hey Shevchenko. Let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, what are your DMs like? Are they are they insane? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded so deflated. Yeah. It's and. I mean, I feel really bad because I don't like being that type of person that says, oh my God, my, you have no idea. This is where we go back to you now, how you asked if I could do an American accent. Yeah. That's the mode that I go into. Like, oh, oh my, my God. God, yes, give me one. <laughs> oh my God, you don't even know just how absolutely insane my DMs are right now. Oh, it's like, I can't even, I just... I just need a break. I just need a coffee. I just need to calm down. And then I can just, I just, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to do about this. That's how I feel every time I go into my DMs. I feel like that dickhead person that has to say to people, hey guys, I'd really love to respond, but it's really difficult to carry on, you know, 30, 40 random conversations with people asking me the same questions a thousand times. You know, what 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 belt are you? How long have you been training? <laughs> they What's always, your favorite sub? Do they do they <laughs> always start like they start innocently, like they start with like jujitsu, and then they just get progressively worse? Or they usually say, "Oh, um, if I if I um, I don't mean to be rude. That's usually always helps a lot of people. Or I don't mean to be creepy, but like." the premise of being in dms is that what you are going to say is too creepy to say on the timeline i just come i I just come right out with it i say hey i have a podcast you can jump on or you can (laughs) (laughs) you're like you want to come on it's cool if not all good (laughs) but some people because some some people have a big spiel yeah, yeah, like that's that's what I was about to say. Like, I don't like I understand. Like, most people that I interact with have like crazy ass DMs. So, like, I'm just like, hey, I have a podcast. You're more than welcome to come on. If not, then go to hell. Bye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. No. And I mean, like a lot of people, people mean well as well. You know, when they want to message with you and stuff like that, you know, it's 
I consider it that people want to try to engage and have a conversation, which I'm, I always love talking to people. It's just, tr yeah, trying to have that many conversations with people and trying to maintain that. And then as well, I always feel bad because if I get caught up answering things on Twitter and then I realize, oh, I haven't actually been spending as much time on my OnlyFans as I should have been spending, you know, for people who actually pay to talk and have conversations. And that's sort of, it got to a point where it just got to be too much. And now I just have to send out blanket responses sometimes. Just saying, you know, sorry. <laughs> I, don't even have, I don't even have OnlyFans and I do that sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know how some of the um, big accounts like handle it their, their inboxes must be insane I mean mine's like a little baby account I can't imagine what an actual insanely big account would be like I'll get I'll get like like maybe two messages sometimes and I'm just like oh I've got to hit them with the automated shit I'll be like the person you, <laughs> the person you've messaged is out of order right now <laughs> you'd be like uh I will pass on this message as soon as he logs back on again <laughs> right and they just never respond <laughs> I mean, DMs are, you know, first world problems. Can you, can you like tell me like the craziest DM you've had though? Like, have you had one that like really just like, like fucking made you just LOL? Funny ones. Um, I've had guys like message me after they follow and then I'll follow them back and they think that it's really special that I follow them back but I, do, I genuinely do try to follow everyone back unless I think they have like a burner account or if they're someone who I don't want to follow personally and um, they'll literally see me respond and, and follow them and they'll message me and they'll say oh my wife or my girlfriend really hate the fact that I follow you oh that's that's what like, always gets you I'm like, bro, don't follow. Like, you live with her. What's wrong with you? Like, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's not even worth it. Like, just you know, hit him. Hit him. Hit him with the the American accent. What's that? Uh yeah, just get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's my American accent. It's just the anno most annoying voice possible. Um, before I let you go, um, is there anything you want to leave listeners with, like any sort of words of encouragement? You want to give everybody like the friendly middle finger, like the floor no, is yours. No, nothing. I, I guess I just, I wish that everyone, especially in MMA Twitter, because I really love MMA Twitter and there's some really awesome people in there. I just wish some people would chill a little, you know, it's supposed to be fun. Not everything has to be combative. Just because we like fighting sports doesn't mean we need to, you know, fight each other. You know, it's all love. We can all like and dislike the same fighters. It's all good. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie uh, Semi-Pro? Semi-Pro. It had uh, Will Ferrell in it. He was like a basketball player. No, I was thinking that you were talking about basketball. Ba oh, but, no, 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 no. Not Semi-Pro. No, in, in semi-pro, uh, Will Ferrell says, E-L-E, everybody love everybody. Oh, E-L-E, there you go. There you go. Um, everybody love everybody. One more time before I let you go. What is your, how can people find you, I guess? Uh, so, BJJ Mamazita Mila on Twitter or bmilaharris.com. 
There you have it, everybody. Everybody go subscribe to her OnlyFans. Pay this woman. Okay? Even Only if, if you want to. No, nah, even if you don't want to. This is... Only clear. if you want to. <laughs> pay this woman. Uh, as always, uh, brought to you by foamsoap.com. Use the code TAKEDOWN. Brought to you by quicksesh.io. Future kimonos and game up CBD. The links are in the bio. We also have a phone bank where you can call and leave uh, voicemail messages to be played on air. And I had a bunch of them this week, but they just did not feel right to be played in front of the lovely Mila Harris. Uh, the phone number is 502-694-0749. Thank you. Thank you.